Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. How's your mom? She's um she she's stable at the moment. She might get to come home tomorrow. We'll see. Okay. Did they find out what was going on with her? Yeah, she got a lot of stuff going on with her. Um she may not even be able to live alone anymore, even though she's going to fight that one. So we got to, it, it's, it's about to be an uphill battle. Um, okay. I am going to be um, on and off because I do have to. Um, Head out today, and I'm and I gotta get some stuff done before the end. So I'm gonna be multitasking again. So I'm gonna be on and off. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, if you ever need, um, huh? If you let me know, I could let you know. Let me know if you ever need to get around. Um, if I could, I can do a little driving for you. If necessary, you just need to let me go ahead of time. <clears throat> I, I mean, I'll still, I'll still have the call on, but I, I gotta get in the shower and do my hair and all that stuff. Um, so I'll still have you on. It's just that I, I won't be able to participate. Oh, no, I would say if you ever need a ride, like if you need transportation, let me know ahead of time. 
And I would not come out and uh, while I still have, while I still have transportation, you know. Oh, okay. Kind of, um, getting iffy a little bit now, but yeah, well, I still have it. I could definitely assist you. Oh, but I'm going. I'm going like all the way to the north side. That's fine. That's fine. That gives me a reason to go up there. Because uh, I will definitely be going up north on, um, I need to go up north Wednesday. So I'll be heading that way um, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you needed to go up there on Wednesday as well, let me know. And I'll okay. Are you going, are you going in, the, in the morning, afternoon, or the evening? You let me know. Cause I um I need to go up there early anyway. There's several things I wanted to do up there, but it's like when I go up there, I you know. So if you need to go up there in the afternoon or in the morning, just let me know, and I'll adjust accordingly. Cause I know where I need to go doesn't open until five. Mm-hmm. It's not available until five in the evening, but you know I was gonna do a little running up there because they have like a um a Salvation Army up there mm-hmm. that I wanted to check out <clears throat> and, and see what they had. I know this stuff is just picked over as out here, so yeah. I just okay. thought I'd throw that out there. Well, that can work, especially since you got to go up there anyway. That that could work. How far north do you have to go? Um, I go as far as Montrose, but if you need to go further, that's fine too. Okay. Um, her her hospital is on uh, Central and Addison, but she lives off of um, Grand and Narragansett, and Narragansett is is um is west. It's um is near Oak Park Avenue. Which is almost near Harlem. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> so Well most of the time I mean I go on the bus because unfortunately there's no expressway that that's like near her. Right. Um, so However, which way you go, at some point you're gonna be like on regular streets. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because in a car, usually, um, I'll take like two ninety, and yeah. um, and then I'll I usually um, get off at Harlem, and then, and then just go up. Right. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. And the same thing for the, for the hospital. There's no, uh, I mean, you know, it's a nice hospital, and they they do take care of her because she's been there before. Um, but location wise, it sucks because it's not near an expressway. Right. 
So, but at least it's on a bus line, so I guess I have to be happy for something. Because, <laughs> you know, it could not be on a bus line, too, and I had to get off the bus and walk three or four blocks. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll, be, I'll be thankful. <laughs> like, really? All the way over here? For real? <laughs> okay. So, yeah. and then last week what I had tried to do was to go and then, you know, go earlier in the day so I could leave before it got dark. And, um, but then Friday I got, I got a start and I didn't get there until late noon. When I got there, they were taking her for tests. And, um, so they were just like taking her out the room when I got there. So I didn't want to leave without having a chance to talk to her first. So I ended up waiting. You know, they were like, oh, it's probably going to take a little over an hour. So I was like, okay, because at that point she was in ICU, and I don't, you know, I really don't do hospitals well. Um, yeah. So I just, I went downstairs, you know, because they had a waiting room in ICU, but I knew I was going to be on the phone. And, you know, you never know who's going to be in an ICU waiting room. They could have family that's like on death's door, you know, or whatever. And so I said, you know, I'm going to go in an in a area that would be a little more common. And um, so I just went downstairs and I was, you know, like contacting siblings and, so on and so forth. When I and then when I um, I came back up and actually the test ended up not taking as long as um uh, as they had said. But um, so Friday I didn't end up getting out of there until like after six. Which oh. I, yeah. So it was plenty dark. Um, and the tail end of um, you know, like of a uh, rush hour. It's like when I got to the to the Addison. You know, like train station, there weren't like as many people on the um on the platform and stuff. So see, I always like pay attention to to stuff like that. Right. Right. But at least uh-uh. it's an outdoor station, not a, not a subway station. So yeah, that that makes a big difference. Oh, it, I'm I'm not a big fan of the subway. Um, and then when I got downtown, because I had to switch from the blue line to the red line, and then walking in the, you know, the underground connection part, um, I mean, you know, there were people that was not like I was, you know, down there by myself, but it wasn't like as many people as it is during, during the day. Right. So, I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, yeah. I know how that is. Mm-hmm. I, I said I know how that is. The whole back and forth. Yeah, it's... um. And then my, my now my sister is coming into town today from Michigan, and she's gonna be on the um. She's taking the was it the the mega bus? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think that's I think that's the name of it. Yeah, well, it's like real cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah her, her ticket was like her ticket was like twenty five dollars. 
Yeah. And um, because she was asking me, did I know about it or whatever? I was like, you know, I don't know anyone who's taken it. Um, you know, I know they've had a couple of accidents, but I don't think that it was the driver's fault. That the, you know, when they had the, when they had the accidents, um, right? And and you know, and it has been a little while ago, but um, you know, every every dollar kind of. I mean, I think she would have rather have taken um, Amtrak, but it was a little more expensive, and she doesn't know how long she's going to be up here. Right. So, um, and she lives in Michigan. Huh? She lives in Michigan. Hmm. Okay. Yep. So, um, so she does. You know. So she's coming. I knew. I knew she was. Gonna, she was going to come up because she's going to want to. You know. See my mom for her stuff because some of her stuff, I mean, it's not life threatening right now, but it's stuff that that could become life threatening, um, you know. And so, I, I, cause I have three siblings that live out of town, out of state rather, and um, you know. And so they're trying to, you know, should I come up there? Should I? It's like, you know what? I'm just going to report the information as I find it, and you all have to make the decision for yourself. Right. You know, because I don't want to say, oh, you know, it's not that serious. You don't have to, blah, blah, blah. And then she take a turn for the worst, and then I'm calling, you know, and then everybody's, like, freaking out. But you see it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, I'm just going to let you know what's going on. And then, you know, you have to make the best decision for, you know, like for your finances and, and what's going on with you um, right now, if you think you should come up here or not. So... And then I have a baby, my baby brother, he lives here and has a car. He ain't been to see her yet. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he stopped calling because, you know, I had in the beginning we were talking on the phone, but then um, he was supposed to go up there Wednesday. I was like, okay, if you go Wednesday, you know, then I can go Thursday. I'm trying to, you know, that we could. Um, you know, take turns or something so that she always has someone coming up there every day or whatever. And because um, the first couple of days that she was in there, we were only getting our information from her, and she was telling each of us something different. And, um, cool. you know, so, you know, I was like, if you can go up there Wednesday and try and talk to a doctor, nurse, or whatever, and find out, you know, like what's going on, and then, you know, like let me know, and then I'll go, you know, like on Thursday. And so he was like, okay, fine. And then... He was supposed to go Wednesday, like early in the day. So when I didn't hear from him by five, I give him a call, and he was like, "Oh, I haven't made it up there yet. I didn't realize I had so much stuff to do." Blah 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 blah. And you know, he was making the thing that he was still gonna go up there before visiting hours were early. I mean, were over. And I was like, "Okay, fine. Well, I'll be up there on Thursday." And he was like, "Okay." He said, "Well, give me a call, and I'll I'll come pick you up, and I'll take you home." I'm like, "Okay." So I get up there on Thursday. Of course, he's never, and see, he's her favorite child. If he had been there, she'd have been gushing and talking about that and, and just, like, overexcited and, and everything. And so he hadn't been up there, and so I was talking to the nurses and, and so on and so forth. So I'm contacting because she was asleep when I got there. And so mm-hmm. after I found out some information, I start, you know, like, contacting my siblings and that, 
and I called him and I get his voicemail and I, you know, just left my message. And um, I, I still haven't heard back from him, and that was Thursday. So, um, and I did not wait on him to, to like, come get me and take me home. I was like, I'll be here all night waiting on this fool. Um, <laughs> so I um, I just made sure I, on Thursday I was able to leave earlier. Um, I was at the beginning of, of, uh, of rush out, so there was, like, plenty of people and stuff like that, and it was still um, daylight when I left the hospital. So um, that was fine. After that, I've just been sending him text messages, actually with the rest of my siblings, period, because um, my other brother, he's on this control kick, and, well, all of us got control issues. Um, <laughs> but, uh, At least you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all, we all have control issues. It's just that, um, you know, my thing is I just need to control me. I don't need to control other people. You know, I don't even need to control the situation. But if the situation is not to my liking, I'm not going to participate. That's that's how I that's how I stand. Um, but my my brother and my brothers are the youngest. So um, the older of the two, you know, he's on this rant about what he's not going to have and what he's not going to, you know, Ma's not going to have to do this and and um, you know, she's not going to want to leave Chicago. Old people don't like change. And I'm thinking like, okay, I'm ten years older than you. You think I don't know this stuff? <laughs> you know, because he gets into this thing, you know, where, where he's, you know, he knows everything, and um, you know, and he wants to to to, to control what's going to happen, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and so on and so forth. And it's like, you know what? I let him rant for like about a good half hour, and he just built was building himself up into a lather. And I was like, you know what? I'm hungry. I got to go. Yeah, I haven't eaten all day. I got to go. Because. I just felt I felt myself about to lose it, um, and 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 I was about to take the conversation somewhere where there really would have been no point, and there would have been no coming back. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I I need to go. I got to, I need to eat. And after that, I just text him information because so I'm like, I don't I don't have time for this. Um, if you were so concerned, if you are um, you know, you want to insist that you'll do this, you'll do that, but yet you haven't come up here yet to see her. So I'm not trying. I'm not trying to hear it. And you know, he making it seem like taking care of her is is no big deal. And you know, I, first I explained it to him. Well, how she treats you know you and Kevin is different than how she treats us girls. Right. You know. Because with her boys, you know, oh, you know, I don't want to bother them. And, you know, those those are her treasures, you know, um, until they piss it off. But um, for the most part, you know, she's going to, you know, treat them with, like, kid gloves. But us girls, on the other hand, oh, please, that would be another story. Um, and then my mother's a big woman. So, you know, if she has trouble getting from, like, her bed to her chair, okay, I can't help her. She can't lean on me. Right. We both going to go down, you know. Um, you know, and if, and if she's, you know, if she's unable to get to the bathroom and she soils herself and then having to clean herself up, this is not cleaning up a baby. This is cleaning up an adult. Right. <laughs> I mean, I've never had to do it, but I can only imagine. It's not the same. 
No, that's not. <laughs> the process is the same, but that's about it. Right. You know, and so don't don't be talking about it's easy. Yeah, right. And then especially if you have someone that's going to be uncooperative, okay? Mm, that's a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> if you're talking about, you know, uh, I mean, because, you know, he doesn't want, because right now she's in independent living, and she, you know, she might have to do assisted living. Well, my sister is against that. And my brother is against that, okay? So my sister is like, you know, she can come and, and, um, and stay with me. We just have to, you know, figure out, you know, figure some stuff out or whatever. And so my thing is if, if she goes in this with my sister, the rest of us need to be able to find a way to at least contribute something financially. Right. You know. Uh, I know they have this thing called, um, oh, but she would need assistance. Like she wouldn't be able to do it herself. Because I was going to say they have this thing called um, um, Home Instead. Mm-hmm. That was that was the organization I had tried to work for, um, but I didn't like it. But they have it's a very. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not with a. They don't have um, medical people, but they have people that come in every day. I'm not for sure how much they charge, mm-hmm. but they have people that will come every day to assist with making sure she eats, helping her, you know, to the bathroom and things like that. They do have levels. Um, you know, you you have to know what kind of care you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And um they have people that will actually come to the house or the apartment and help her if that's an option that she has. Like if it was just somebody that needs to be there to watch her to make sure that she doesn't fall and things like that. They they're they're trained to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. So if you know <clears throat> that's you know that's something that you wanted to look into, I'm quite sure they have a another. Mm-hmm. And so my sister is, is you know she's and she doesn't want strangers to have to take care of my mom. Oh, and, okay. You know, and see she's she's the nurturer, so. You know, she's because see me personally. That's exactly what I would do, okay. uh, because I'm 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 not the nurturer, and my mom can work a nerve, mine mm-hmm. especially. Um, and so, if it, if I had to take care of her, that would be the better option. Um, okay. But my sister is intent on you know she doesn't want my mother to have to go into assisted living. She doesn't want her to have to do a nursing home. Now, I mean, and she's not at that that stage yet for a nursing home, but, you know, she's just putting it out there. You know, I mean, unless it got to the point where she needed, like, around-the-clock um, medical care that my sister couldn't give her, um, you know, she does not want my mom to be, you know, in the hands of strangers in that regard. Um, 
And so, and I'm not going to argue with her on that one. If she's willing to make that sacrifice, um, and it would be a sacrifice, I'm not going to argue with her on that. But if she's going to do that, then the rest of us need to be able to, you know, I mean, because everybody's going through, um, you know, financial issues right now. But even if even if each of us could give $50 a month, that's that's $200 that would be able to contribute to something. Right. You know, uh, I mean, my mother gets ability, so it's not like my sister would have to absorb all the financial costs. But, um, you know, I mean, heck, even if the $200 was just to give her a day off so she could, you know, go and do something nice for herself. And that's why I was asking her if she would even consider moving back to Chicago, um, you know, where I could periodically come and relieve her for a day, you know, to, to just to give her a break. Because um, cause too, too much of my mom is just, is just not good. Right. You know, you, you, you need to have that, that mental break. Um, I mean, even people with jobs, get you know, get days off. So, exactly. Um, you know, so if she was here or, you know, or closer what, that I could, you know, get to or whatever, then, you know, I could um, help out in that regard. Um, then my baby sister was saying, because she lives in Tampa, and she was saying, you know, well, she could come down here. But it's like, you know, but you're the only one down there. So then, it, you know, the rest of us have no access to her. You know, I mean, and that's, that's so freaking far. Right. Uh, you know, and so I'd much rather she stay up here where there's more of us, um, you know. Even that, Michigan is closer to us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I can, I can, I've driven to my sister's house. It's like about a three, three-and-a-half-hour drive, depending on traffic and the weather. Um, but you're not getting to Tampa in three hours, not driving. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know. If, if something were to happen to my mother, I could get there faster than I could get to Tampa and cheaper. So, so that's why I was so stressed out last week just between, you know, the hospital stuff and then dealing with siblings and it's, uh, you know. Then I get, then I got you know Sam on a prayer call because last last couple of weeks is you know it's sort of like been the Pam show and um and then you know Thursday I got the not Thursday yeah it was Thursday um with, with Sam telling me I got the, the 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 spirit of um the victim spirit that I inherited from my mom which I wasn't agreeing with um but then you know Erica like broke it down. And when she broke it down into more detail, um, I was like, okay, that, that, you know, that just makes me feel great. Um, then last night on the mastermind call, there was, you know, Rose Taylor Pam again. Um, and so I'm like, okay. So I've just got it coming from all directions. But it's, you know what, though, but this, that explains that word. Um, it's, it's, the, it's the defining moment. 
It's the what moment? Defining moment. So, um, and the thing is, it's like, because I was on the call last night, I just didn't say anything. Because I, I came in at the, I came in like um, right after you were finishing the last principle. Okay. You know, and I was wondering this, if that was you. Huh? I said, I was wondering if that was you. Yeah, it was me. It was me. I was I was actually driving. I was Uber driving. I had just finished driving Uber, and I had picked my daughter up from um, the play. She had just finished the play, and um, and the thing is, um, God gave it to me last night that He has to give us all the fighting moments. So that he can help us get to where he wants us to be, you know. And if we take those defining moments, he can he can assist us better in those defining moments. We could either let it cripple us, or we could let it heal us. You know, and um, the thing is, like, with our parents, our parents give us defining moments as we grow up, and we don't know it Mm -hmm. until somebody points it out to us because we don't see it. And so I know I'm like my dad on a lot of things, you know, um, I have control issues as well. I try not to because once it was pointed out to me and how it was like him, then I had to really, like, watch how I interacted with other people. So I didn't, so I don't act like him and be like him. Um it's still a hard road because it's been something I've done automatically because it was defined in me as I was, you know. So um, mm-hmm. now that you know the defining moments that have been shown to you, it's just like, okay, like Sam was saying last night, it's now it's either you take those defining moments that show you who you are and how you're like that. Now, are you going to use, are you going to let that definition stay who you are or are you willing to let it change, let God change it? Because God can change it, mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to open yourself up to the change. And you have to be willing to not only open yourself up to the change, but you have to make the effort because he can show you how to do it, but if you don't step out and actually do it, then you're just going to let the definition stand. You know, like I was telling you guys about how my dad was like, I can't tell you that I can love you unconditionally. That was a defining moment because he had already told me 
when I was younger because of my attitude, which I didn't have. I was talking to him in anger. And now I understand he was talking to me in anger, but it was a defining moment. He said, nobody's ever going to love you the way that with your attitude. Mm. So that defined the moment for me. So I was I was doing I'm a dear for a long time. Like, okay, I'm gonna get you before you get me. I'll walk away from you before I let you walk away from me. And so I've walked away from a lot of friendships and you know, and and I let a lot of people walk away from me because I'm like, I'm not gonna chase you. I'm not gonna chase you down. And I'm not going to let myself be put out there where you're going to hurt me before I hurt you. And so I always put that wall up around people, you know. And that, I was like, at first I was like, you know, I isolated myself a lot because of that. Because I'm like, I'm not going to let you get that close where you're going, you know, where your words can hurt me, where your actions can hurt me. I've already done that, and I got that from my parents. So it's like that defined how I interacted with other people, you know. And so, but now that, that it had been pointed out to me what it was that I've done, I've tried to be more, open, but it's still, that's that's like one of my last hurdles. Like, I'm more open on this call than I am anywhere else. So it's like I'm learning, but it's still there. I know it is because even when I go, when I interact with other people one-on-one, you know, I still don't like certain things to be said or done in my presence because I'm like, uh-uh, you're getting too close. I'll back up. You know, so, you know, when you, when, now that things have been defined for you, you have to, you have to be willing to let it go. And actually, that's, there's a scripture that says um, about looking in the mirror. Now that you've been, the, now that you've been giving uh, a reflection of who you are, are you going to walk away from that mirror and forget the definition and go on about being the way you've always been? Or are you going to remember what has been defined about you and start working on it? Because now you're coming into the situation with your mom where you might have to interact with her more and more than you have been. And you have to be willing to look at... My sister has this... and it used to irritate me so bad because she said it all the time. She was like, you have to consider the source. 
Now you know how your mom is, and you know how you are. You understand why you are defined the way you are. Your mom does it. So now when she comes at you, you have to consider the source. Are you going to let how she acts towards you make you go back to the way you were, or you consider the source and just let it roll off your back and keep it moving? Because you have to be able to let that, you have to be able to let that go. You have to be able to let it go. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm I'm just saying it's a must. You know, because like, yeah, because trust and believe, I get it. I get it. You know, we, you know, I, you know, we've been trying to get my dad to move up here. And even just thinking about him visiting sets my teeth on edge. Mm. But to try to get him to move up here permanently, where he would be here, he could pop up any time if he so chose. Yeah. But, you know, hey. We have to we have to give honor where honor is due. We you know I mean their mom their dad they they're here, and we have to we have to continue to love on them, regardless of how they act. You know, regardless of how they act, we can love them. You might not like them all the time. You know, and actually that's that's what that is what works for me when I came to that realization actually years ago that I love my mother because she's my mother, but I don't always like her. And that's, that's how I'm able to, to deal with her. Right. Because, you know, once I made that distinction, um, I could just look at things differently and, um, you know, it helped me to, to keep it in perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't stress you out as bad because the thing is, it's like, um, you know, with with me, after I came to the building, after he gave me the reality check, I could look at it from the outside now for the relationship that we have, you know, and and say, you know what, I can deal with it now. You know, I can deal with him now without any animosity. I can say that, you know, because usually, you know, it'd be like, uh, I got to call my dad. Like, I have to call him, but, you know, the routine has always been I talk to him every blue moon. so. This, it, that routine hasn't changed because of the years that we lost contact with each other. You know, I didn't talk to him for years. The person who would let me know how he was would be my sister. I like, I say, have you talked to dad? She's like, yeah. And she'd give me the lowdown of what was going on with him, and that was enough for me. I'm like, oh, okay, so he's good. 
I'm good. <laughs> Don't have to call them. So I've been trying to get better at that. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a work in progress. It's just going to take it day by day. But you have to be willing. But back to you, Ms. Pam. I mean, it's it, it, it's not it's not, and I was I mean I didn't I didn't hear I was always like on and off, even during the week. But it's like it's not to beat you up. It's just for you to. It's it's like knocking at your door. It's that kind of thing. Like the Holy Spirit is really knocking at your door, asking, "Can he come in?" And he's just like, I want to come in. I want to make your life easier. I mean, it might not be, it might not happen overnight, but the first step is for you to open the door and let me in. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not, you know, it's not that you have it. And the thing is, it's not that you haven't opened the door, but you still have the lock on the screen. So you're talking to him through the screen, and he's just like, but can I come in? I don't want to be a guest. I want to stay. You know, um, there's a story in, uh, I want to say it's in Samuel. That will probably be wrong. And it's about Elijah. And it's about how the Holy Spirit always came by. It was it was a symbolic, and it's also a history and things like that. But um, from the spiritual aspect, it was the Holy Spirit always came by her house, mm. and she came by, and, and they came by so often, and it blessed her so much that. She created. She had her husband build a room onto the house for the Holy Spirit to be able to stay, and she gave it a bed, candlestick, and a chair and a table, so he could always come in and he had a place to stay with her, and he had full access to her house. But she made room, made a room for him to let him know that he was welcome. And that's all he's looking for you. He's like, give me a room. Let me come in. Let me, I can sweep out. He's a cleaner. He's a cleaner. He can clean up anything. He can clean up all that garbage that you've had to deal with on your own because nobody else stood with you. He can clean up all the mess that was left behind from previous relationships and previous things that were thrown at you as offhand remarks that nobody even thought hurt you, but it affected you on some level. And he said, I can come in and clean all that up. All I need you to do is unlock the screen door and let me in. Because he's not a man. He's not flesh and blood. He's not that person that will come in and mess everything up for you 
and make you have to start all over again. He'll come in where you are right now, and he'll show you how he can fix what happened before, and then he can order the steps that you need to take to keep going. And that's what the defining moments are for. And I'm done. I'm not going to say that now. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> um, yeah. As I got medicine. She had medicine to my thumb. For real. For real. <laughs> um, and you're ministering to me, too. <laughs> Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I've just been listening and, and, and absorbing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good morning, dear. How are you? I'm okay, baby doll. How about you? Uh, hanging in there. That's what we got to do, right? Amen. Mm-hmm. Take it one day at a time. One Absolutely. <laughs> You got that right. That was a beautiful um, story from Samuel. Um, I'm going to definitely go back and look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is oftentimes true. It's like we want to pick and choose what we let the Holy Spirit in on when he wants to reside, be a permanent resider, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm guilty of that. Yes, ma'am. We're independent, you know, and then the world teaches us you have to be independent and stand on your own two feet and all this other stuff. And that's not what God wants. I mean, He wants us to be independent thinkers exactly. to choose Him, but He's still like, but there's a fine line. It's yeah. Valid. Yeah. So. Amen. Well, I'm headed on into the office, and uh, you guys have an awesome day, okay? All right. All right. All righty. Bye-bye. 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 Amen. Okay. All right. All right, Ms. Pam. Ain't nobody be up on you today, honestly. Ain't nobody going to be up on you today. <laughs> Did not, were you the only person on the call last week? Um, she uh, what's her name? Vanessa. Vanessa. Uh huh. Yeah, she came on for a few minutes. Um, Erica came on. Um, for a few minutes at towards the towards the middle. Yeah, but other than that. Yeah, it was it was just me talking to air. Oh, and Sherry came on for a few minutes and got off. You know, so it was. I was telling you, I was talking to the air, but it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I got. I mean, I I was able to. You know, I got on. I did the did the Bible study and um and got off. I was off like within an hour, so you know, so it's different. I said, "Ooh," I said, "Okay." <laughs> I said, "I see what Sam mean." Like you're talking to, because I'm, you know, it, I've done it before. It's like you're talking to air. It's like you're talking to air, and every once in a while, I go, "Okay." Anybody got questions, comments? 
<laughs> no, all right. So we're just gonna <laughs> keep it moving. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because that guy knew nobody was on the call, and it was just kind of like, okay, you know, it is what it is. So, and but God is good. God is good. God is good. He is. And his mercy forever. Um, anyway. Um, what was church about on yesterday? Because I did miss service on yesterday. Um, he talked about... Um, because it actually, like, like, like hit home um, about uh, um, mm, about us, like, like restraining ourselves. Because you know, just like you know, I was saying, like, with my brother when he was going off on his rant, and you know, and so on and so forth. And even though I didn't look at it from a spiritual point. At, at that time, but when Sam was talking about it, you know, that's, that's what it was of me not, of us not giving into our flesh nature. That's what it was, you know, and that, um, you know, we may think, you know, because like when, you know, when you're, when you're born again and, uh, but you're still, you know, I mean, you are like a babe in Christ and you're having to learn how to control like your flesh nature and it, you may have it controlled in some areas, but then there'll be other areas, you know, you'll be put in a situation and and something to be said or something to be done and you know, like you know, like that old habits die hard and you like rise to the occasion. And mm-hmm. um you know instead of like, you know, like trying to, to, to catch yourself and, and to to step back or, you know, to, to ask um you know, to ask for assistance or, you know, or whatever. So in some areas you may do that, but then in other areas you don't, you know. Um, and that, you know, and so for the most part his his um, his sermon was on, was like on, on our flesh nature and how, um, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing good in our, you know, in our flesh and how, you know, God wants us to to depend on Him and to to call on Him and and you know and so on and so forth, and that it it is a work in progress. Mm. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I mean, you know, there is a time where I would have got into it with my brother. I mean, and that's been a long time ago. You know, I just realized, you know, a long time ago. Um, you know, for the most part, I don't get into it with my with my siblings because uh, my thing is, if you you know, I control me. Don't I don't want anybody else trying to control me. And as long as you're not trying to control me, you know, it's all good. But you know, they want to control the the situations as well. You know, and then when you don't go along with what they want, then, you know, then you're the problem and, and so on and so forth. Well, 
if if I'm okay with what it is that you're doing, it makes sense or, or whatever. I mean, that's just how I am a, across the board. Um, I'm a follower if you're going somewhere I want to go. But, mm-hmm. if, you know, but if you're not, I'm okay to stand alone. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not going to, um, you know, I don't just go along to, to, to get along type of thing. Mm-hmm. I just, and then a lot, a lot of times people take that as arrogance, but it, it's not arrogance. I'm just not interested in doing what you're doing, you know. But with my siblings, they don't, you know, they don't get that, you know. And so if I'm not doing what they want me to do, what they, you know, what they want me to do the way that they want me to do it, then, um, you know, then I have to be, you know, I'm against them and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, it just really, it becomes draining sometimes, um, you know, because they, they get fixated on something and then you cannot, you can't reason with them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like you know, it's like it's like it's it's my way or the highway type of thing, <clears throat> and you can't you can't get anything done like that. Yeah. Not with that type, not with that type of an attitude. Oh, I've done that. <laughs> you know, that sounds like my dad. That sounds like my dad. Yeah. So. Um, but you know what, and, and then um, I'm gonna give you a def- another defining moment because this is what I found out for me. Now I don't know if this is something that you know it can if it will resonate with you or not. But what I found out how I react to my dad. And to how my sister is sometimes towards me. It's how I react to what the Lord tells me to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, you know, like you were saying, if I don't want to do what they want to do, you know, I don't mind doing it, you know. Like, I'll say no. Are you doing the same thing when it comes to what God has told you to do? Because it's one thing to be stubborn. It's one thing to hold your ground with your siblings because when it comes to family, friends, or whoever, it's a it's a clash of wills because everybody has their opinion of what's the best way. But when it comes to God and the Holy Spirit, they they have the best way. They have the best way in in regards to what's best for you. So, are you bringing that same reaction to your relationship with God? And that because I know me, that's how I do a lot of times where I second guess or I won't move because I'm like, okay, I don't like that idea. So I'm just going to stay put, you know. Is that, do you believe that that's something that you're bringing into your relationship with God? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Because when you have, when we have relationships like that with outside people, even in the natural, taking God out of it, we have a we have a way of interacting with people based on how we interact with other people, especially like I said, especially with family. So if your family is very strong-willed and controlling. And you have to be you. You've had to put your foot down and say no, because you know that whatever they're trying to do is not something that you feel comfortable with, or is you know they're being uncompromising. Do you think you do the same thing when God says, "Pam, I need you to do blah 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 X Y Z." Are you giving him the same reaction? I'm sure sometimes I probably am. And that's what we have to, and that's what we have to work on. And I say we, because like I said, you know, I do the same thing. And I have to catch myself. Like, there's something that he's been telling me to do for, the last two months. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. I said, do I? <laughs> I was like, really? I, I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't. And he's been like, yeah, you got to do it. I'm like, do I? But I really don't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I've, I've, I've decided, because, you know, he's a gentleman and everything. He's like, okay, well, I'll tell you one more time. And then when, when you guys were talking last night, I was like, whoa. I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> I was like, all right. I said, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I I decided, you know, like, okay, let me get off. And because um, I, I followed this. Um, there's a lady on my timeline, and she made the statement. She was like, God doesn't ask for much. And so she said, but when he asks us to do something, why can't we just do it? After all, all we ask, ask of him, you know, and I'm like, you're right. Because that'd right. be much like right. Yeah. yeah. You know. And so I said, you know, because, I mean, and then I have the audacity to get irritated with my daughter, who does the same exact thing to me. And I'm like, okay, Lord, so, all right. <laughs> you know, like, all right, all right, you know, just. Hitting, hit me all upside the head, you know what I mean? So it's crazy. 
just crazy, but it's it's needful. It's needful because he wants to do so much for us. He really does. Um, Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Again. All right. All my then. Um, I don't know if we should even have to do Bible study. This is actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, um, if you could to the study. I was just about to ask that because I'm about to just start it on my hair um, because that's a process. Um, anyway, uh, okay. <clears throat> Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call that allows us to come together in fellowship and to learn and to share of your word. Father, we just we just say a prayer for those that are less fortunate than ourselves. We may not all be where we want to be, but we know that there are plenty of people who would love to be where we are. Father, we just say a prayer that for those that are out in the cold, that they are able to find some type of shelter to protect themselves against the elements. Father, we thank you for all the the little things that we just tend to take for granted on a day-to-day basis, for having a safe place to to sleep at night, a roof over our head, for having hot and cold running water, for having gas, for having heat and electricity. Father, we just just thank you for for all of our faculties and and being and for the senses that you have given us that allow us to, to, to live for the most part comfortably, although we don't always think about it that way from day to day. Father, we know that we have these things because of you. And that without them, our lives would be so much, so much worse. So we just just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us, providing for us, and protecting us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Oh. God is good. God is good. Amen. Okay. So, um, we have been going through the Bible and it's so funny, my sister, she started back going through the Bible um, recently as well. And so she was saying, she said, I never read this and got this understanding before. And she was just like, wow. She was floored, you know. And so I was like, yeah, I said, we've been, you know, we've been going through it for like the past, since March. And, you know, taking it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, it opens up who God is 
even more, you know, and um, God is awesome. He is really awesome because he put everything down for us to get an understanding of who he is. And so... um, We stopped. We stopped on Exodus twenty, and it's the Ten Commandments. Um, And these Ten Commands are. These two commands are perpetual, meaning that, you know, they were never supposed to be broken. Out of everything, these two commands are, you know, the beginnings of the law that all the churches are saying is no longer in effect. So, but the Ten Commands are the big ten, you know, just like the Bill of Rights. You have the Bill of Rights, you have the Declaration of Independence, and you have the Constitution. And they're interchangeable because they kind of all give you the same information. They just go, one goes into more detail than the other, pretty much, so that you can't have loopholes. You know, there's no loopholes. And so that's pretty much um, um, what the law is. There was the Ten Commandments and then the law. The laws were meant to um, fill in any loopholes that man would think of, you know, and we're still, you know, I mean, first natural, then spiritual, and then spiritual, then natural. When you look at the laws now, man finds every loophole that he can find to go around what is set for everybody else. So that being said, we're going to go into the Ten Commandments. And um, I have a weary study Bible. Um, And so as we're going to go through these, I'm also going to read the notes that are for each um, one because it, it helps get a better understanding as well. Um. Okay, so it says, and God spake all these words, saying, I am, this is, um, again, chapter 20, 
starting at verse 1, and it says, And spake, and God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And so in the notes it says, this is the beginning of the ten words of the law that were written on two stone tablets. Jews regard verse 2 as the first commandment and verses 3 through 6 as the second. Roman Catholics also group verses 3 through 6, but regard them as the first commandment. Then they divide verse 17 into two commandments in order to have a total of 10. Most Protestants consider verse 3 to be the first commandment, verses 4 to 6, the second, and verse 17, the tenth. So, everybody has their own interpretation of how these ten came about. So let's see. He says, I am the Lord your God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So, verse 3. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other God before me. And so it says in here, it says, before me, literally in my sight. That is either in addition to me or in opposition to me. God will not share his worship with another. And so if you look at verses 2 and 3, I see why, um, you know, they consider uh, all of these as one in in in, in respect, but I, I well anyway. Um, he is the Lord your God that has brought you out of sin and bondage. So that being said, you shall have no other gods before him. And so it's like, what are your gods? Little G, O-D-S. Not Yahweh God, but the little gods. What little gods have you put before him? And so um, I homeschooled my son, and we were looking, and we were seeing how many different gods there were created for each um, culture. This is the word I'm looking at. And it was interesting because the God that we serve, the God that we serve and the God that they serve, is that for our one God, they have 10, 20, 30. And it's just like, good damn. And so... um We had we looked at it, and two of them. It was the Greek god, and we they had the Roman god, and 
it was like um, they crossed each other. A lot of the guys were similar, but of different names, and but they had the same function. They had like the god of war. They had the god of a harvest and the goddess of this. And and we had this one god that he showed himself in Egypt, where he's the god of war. He's the god where he could he could come against any and every pestilence that could come up against plagues all these different things. But even though he showed himself strong in Egypt, people still decided to have other gods. And it's just like boggled my mind. And for him to say this, he even knew, God even knew at this point as he was giving this list of commands that even in spite of all that he did within their sight, they would still try to have other things or gods before him. So he had to remind them, I brought you out of sin and bondage. So I don't want you to worship or give honor to anything or anyone but me. Verse 4, thou, you shall have, you know, I'm sorry, you shall not make unto you any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Now, this is what's interesting because we did that anyway. We have Catholics who have created the image of Mary. She's a woman of flesh. They created the image of Christ, even though they said Christ was of no distinction. There was nothing special about him to make you draw to him, they created this image of Christ to be this beautiful white man or this beautiful black man and all this other stuff. And he's, and it says right here, create no graven image. Nothing that will depict something to worship because he is spirit. So we're supposed to worship him in spirit and in truth. Just by the word and by our spirit are we supposed to worship him. Even going as much as the big mega churches that are out there, a lot of people are drawn more to the size of the building instead of what is supposed to be in the building, which is the spirit of the most high God. And then you look at the gods, again, of the Romans and the um, the Greeks, you know, they created these goats and half men, half fish, and, you know, half horse, half this, and all of these things as their gods, as graven images to worship. And he said, not even a graven image are you supposed to create to worship. 
He said, you shall, verse 5, you shall not bow down yourself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children until the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Okay, so the note here says, a figure of wood, graven image, a figure of wood or stone that is an object of worship. Um, you could also reference Deuteronomy 5, verses 7 through 9. Verse 5 says, the cumulative effects of sin, but responsibility is always on the, the individual. Okay, so even though our fathers and our fathers and our fathers, whatever, created images of the gods with a little g, it's always up to the current generation to do what they're supposed to do in regards to the commands of God. And so there there are stories, history upon history, as we go into um, first and second kings and first and second Samuel and, and so on and so on, how each king that waxed worse and worse, they put up higher places. And if, <clears throat> excuse me, if in the higher places, they put up altars to the different gods and deities that they considered gods. But whenever a righteous king came, he came and he may have, you know, tried to change, you know, go back to worshiping Yahweh God, the true living God. But a lot of them forgot to tear down the high places. Once or twice you would see where it said they went up and they destroyed the high places. But a lot of times that was what was forgotten. The high places needed to be torn down so that there would be no remnant of that thing that people was worshiping. And flash forward to what's going on now, all of the high places that were for Yahweh God have been torn down. The Ten Commands have been on the chopping block for the past year. And they have removed the Ten Commands from the eyes of the people. So even though they never read it, even though they might not have read it every day, but just seeing the symbol of it, the two tablets with the, with the, with the Ten Commands on it, was enough to, in their subconscious, keep man from doing a lot of the things that they're doing now. But now because laws have been passed, saying to take those ten commands from the eyes of the people, then has been able to get a better foothold into the world. The principalities and powers of the land have increased 
in strength, and it's it's becoming colder and colder towards a Christian if you profess Christ for real. Okay. Verse 6, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Is there any questions so far, comments? Okay. Verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. And so it was, um, this is prohibiting against false swearing. Reference Leviticus 19 and 12. And the frivolous use of God's name, the use of an oath of affirmation was not forbidden. So God's name is I am, I am. Yahweh, I am that I am. And the swearing is, you know, um, hold on one second and make sure. And we have to understand that Deuteronomy and Leviticus those two books pretty much also give um, give reference to goes back to the the commandments and the law, going into more and more detail. So and it says, um It says here in verse 19 and 12, and it says, you shall not swear by my name falsely. Neither shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And so, you like I swear to God that I'm going to, okay, that's what that's what he says. I swear, you know, you're not, don't swear. You can't use his name in that way because that that is not giving him any kind of honor. You're taking honor from his name, especially if you don't follow up with what you're 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 swearing to. Okay, one more. Another reference point was um, Deuteronomy 24 regarding swearing to his name. And if you notice that when you flash forward to to how they are now, you, you see that constantly constantly in rap videos and um hey baby in rap videos 
and, you know, on TV, in the movies, they're constantly swearing, swearing using God's name in vain. And they think it um, funny that they do that. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. Okay. Um, now, here is the biggest thing of all. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, you shall not do any work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, your servant, your maidservant, your cattle, or the stranger that is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Okay, so in the verse it says the Sabbath service, the holy day, and a day of rest for both man and animal, commemorating God's rest after the work of creation. This is the only one of the Ten Commandments not repeated after the day of Pentecost. The church, not not God, but the church, May Sunday, her day of worship, commemorating the resurrection of Christ. So, it wasn't God that changed the day. It was man that changed the day. So, if even then, the day was meant to be set aside, the Sabbath day, the seventh day, um, of the week. And where you call you got the stove on? And so this is okay. And so um this has been a, a dividing line between a lot of denominations. Um, because some denominations say that the Sabbath day is Sunday, and other denominations say it's on Saturday. So they always refer to the scripture where it says, don't, you know, um, wear 
where Paul says, you know, um, uh, don't let the Sabbath and, you know, don't hold the Sabbath and certain feasts and stuff against other individuals. Like it's an individual thing. But there are certain things that what I've noticed that God put in place is for us to not only, it's about obedience and it's about him being able to speak to us and give us a timeline to go by. So there are certain feasts that he gave us in the beginning. And there is the Sabbath day that he gave us in the beginning, which were meant for us to be able to follow the timeline of where we are with him. So it's like if we don't, if we can't obey, we obey every command but this one and the graven image. You know, every, you know, we're saying everything about everything else, but when it comes to the Sabbath day, we kind of like throw it out the window. Like he didn't need that anymore. But God says it right here: keep the Sabbath day holy, set aside. If God is willing, was willing, being the 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 living God that He is, and He set aside. The, the day aside and said, I'm going to rest on this day. Who are we to say that we don't? We no longer need that day? Man was the one that decided that the Sabbath day was no longer needed, not God. So if we're going to walk in obedience, then we need to go back to everything and do everything that God said to, not just pick and choose. If we're going to talk about tithing, then we need to talk about his Ten commandments. But we look in the church now, everything is everything has been kind of, well, he meant this for this, but this you can discard. We cannot pick and choose. Just like the word of God says, eat the whole roll. Not just the part that's sweet. You had to eat the whole roll. Okay. Verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God giveth thee. And so... In our note, in the notes in this book, it says the proper order in the family becomes the basis for a solid social structure. And it's the father is the head, then the mother, then the kids. And, and God is the head of man. So it's, 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 it's that order. But whatever, but the way the world is now flashing forward to now. The world says you don't need to have a man in the house. Now it's the parent. It's the mother is the parent. Or there's no mother, there's just the father. Or neither parent is there to instruct the child. So it's like it's 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 so far.
are out of order, that our kids are being affected. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to have, a dysfunctional society so that he's able to come in and create his own realm of pride, less of the eye, less of the flesh, the pride of life, total opposite of what God wants us to have. Verse 13, thou shalt not kill. That's pretty much cut and dry. Thou shalt not kill. But when Christ came, he came and he gave a little bit more meaning to that. He was like, if you have hatred towards your brother in your heart, that's just like murdering him. So he was like, even when you think about, you know, doing ill towards your brother, you've killed him in your heart. So it's a spiritual thing. Everything is not just a physical part of, you know, honoring. Because you can honor your mother and your father, you know, but if you still have hatred in your heart, you're not really giving them honor. Because the thing is, you're not not giving from your heart. You're giving because it's a, a job. You're giving because this is what I'm supposed to do. But God wants to change the heart of man to coincide with the actions that we have because he looks at the heart of man and says, you're just doing that because, you know, you want to be seen as the good border or as the good son where your heart is just like, I, don't, I could care less. But God wants it to line up, and that's why Christ had to come, not just for the living and dying for our salvation and, and sanctification, but also to live and show us how we're supposed to live. I mean, look at all the red ink in the New Testament, in the, in the, in the Gospels. All that red ink is for our instruction, not, you know, it wasn't just happenstance that these four people, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just so happened to be walking with Christ and record everything that he said. His, the red letters are for our instruction on how to live a spiritual life that honors not only God, but gives us honor and reflects and makes examples for others to see the God in us. Um, verse 14, thou shalt not commit adultery. Going back to verse 12, thou shalt not kill. Um, there's a note here, and it says murder. There's a difference between killing by accident Thank you, sweetie, and killing on purpose. And so um, for the the law differentiated accidental killing from deliberate murder and required capital punishment for the latter, as well as for um, 
as well as for numerous other offenses. So there's a you know, there is a difference between, okay, premeditated murder and you you accidentally hit somebody with your car and they died. There's a difference between those two. And so the punishment was different between those two. Flashing forward to now, we treat everything the same way. We're unbalanced in our justice now, whereas back when God created the law and the commands, he he gave levels to everything, even when, when it was an offense to what he his standard. He gave a level of punishment. It wasn't just everything was just. It wasn't everything was a sacrifice. There were different levels of sacrifices. There were different levels of punishment. Even up to death, there were different levels of that as well. So it's just like, Man has gone astray, not God. And if we can get people to, if people will just go back to the word of God like we're doing, they will understand that the law, the man is what has gotten off, not God, but man. Any questions? Watch this, we okay? Any questions? Comments or concerns. Thank you, baby. Okay. Going on. Verse 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. This commandment, the note says, is applies to both the husband and the wife. As you can see, there's nothing that says just the wife. Or just a husband. Flash forward to the New Testament. They brought the woman to Christ. The Pharisees brought the woman to Christ, caught in the act of adultery. They only brought the woman, but they didn't bring the man. So again, it was man that divided. The act, not God. He said, thou shalt not commit adultery, woman, or thou shalt not commit adultery, man. He said, no, thou, you shall not commit adultery. So that means the husband or the wife should not commit adultery. And adultery was unto death because that was a sin against the body, which is representation of God. So at that point, the the penalty was death. Verse 15, thou shalt not steal. 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That means a lie. You should not lie. Your neighbor is anybody. We define neighbor as as just the person next door. 
So we're going to go, and we're going to define labor. Because we're good at, well, who is my neighbor? Well, who is your brother? Who is your sister? You know? But neighbor. A neighbor is a person living near or next door to the speaker or person referred to. So if your neighbor is your brother, your sister, they're living near you. Your wife lives near you. If you had servants, they live near you or next door. So the person in your house that's living near you or the person living next door or across the street or behind you, they live near you. You should not bear false witness. So a lot of people was like, well, you know, a loophole. Um, So that is your neighbor. You should not lie about your neighbor. Verse 17, you should not covet your neighbor's house. Let me find covet. Because we don't use these words too much anymore. Covet means to yearn to possess or have something. To yearn. Yearn. It's an intense feeling of longing, crave, desire, wish for, lust after. So we go back to the scripture, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. So you should, we're going to change, you know, so you should not lust after, covet, yearn for, desire your neighbor's house. You should not yearn, desire, lust after your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is your neighbor's. His car, his clothes, his house, his six-figure or more income, you should not yearn or lust after that or desire it. So he's letting us know, this is what I, I don't want you to lust after that. You don't, don't, and it goes back to that scripture. Do not compare yourself amongst yourself because you don't know what, that, what your neighbor did to get what he had. Good or bad? Is he a drug dealer? Is he a businessman? Is he? What did he do? Who did he kill? What what actions did he take? 
everybody's life is different. Everybody's role is different. But God directs everybody differently. So maybe you're not meant to have that. So he doesn't want you to lust after or desire something that he never wants you to have. I'm not saying he doesn't want us to prosper. Everybody is supposed to prosper at something. But maybe he doesn't want you to have that six-figure income because he gives you what you can handle. And, and Sam has been talking about, like, for the past week or two, God gives us what we can handle, not what we want, but what we can handle. So you might not be able to handle a six-figure um, income, but you can handle a five-figure income. And so that's what he lets you have. But then he makes it prosper along the way where you're not struggling. You're, you're you know, you're, you're able to take chips. You're able to do things. So the thing is, he's saying, do not lust after what someone else has. Keep your eye on what you have. And so at 18, it says, and all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Now, this is this is most interesting. Verse 19, and they said unto Moses, speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak us to speak with us, lest we die. So this is showing us right here that actually God was actually speaking loud enough for them to hear what he was saying. But because of the thunderings and the and the lightnings and the noise and the and the smoke, the people removed themselves and said, you know what, I don't want to hear God directly. I want to hear from you, Moses. And that's the beginning of the people backing up from God. So God never backed away from us. The people backed away from God because they couldn't deal. They couldn't deal. Hold on a second. Any questions, comments? Verse 20, and Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, 
Thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make me make with me gods of silver, neither shall you make unto you gods of gold. And what's interesting is God was saying, so there's a um for verse twenty it says, God's purpose was to test the faithfulness of the people to him. And so God was testing, God was about God was about to test them. Now, here's the thing. Hold on one second.
Okay, I'm back. Okay. Um, does anybody have any comments or questions or concerns before I go any further? Okay. All right. So, um, so verse 22, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, you, Thus you shall say unto the children of Israel, You have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make with me gods with silver, neither shall you make unto you gods with gold. An altar of earth you shall make unto me, and you shall sacrifice thereon your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen, in all places where I record my name. I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. So um, it says, here begins the book of the covenant. Verse which continues through 2319, and which applies the Ten Commandments to details of everyday life. So, again, what the church is teaching and what it was actually meant are two totally different things. We have gone from one extreme to the other, whereas the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the book were strictly on the law. God came to show us in flesh exactly what he meant. Like the um, what he meant as far as like how to live. You know, being doers of living, if you're going to do everything, you have to do everything. But Christ is like, look, no. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth. If we don't, if we're not connected to God spiritually, we will we will fall under condemnation under all the details that have that that were given based on the Ten Commandments. But the Ten Commandments should have been enough for man to live by. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might, then the Ten Commandments, that was actually the biggest commandment that was added when Christ was here. Because if you have the love of God, the unconditional love of God, then these Ten Commands are enough for you to be like, you know what? My heart loves you unconditionally. And so therefore, as a man or as a woman, I know that X, Y, and Z is how I'm supposed to live. I should not have hatred towards my brother. I should not, I should honor my mother and my father with my whole heart unconditionally. I should have no problem obeying, keeping the Sabbath day holy because 
I want to honor God for all that he's done. And he gave me this day of rest. So it's like all of these things that we take for granted and we say shouldn't be where it's something that was very easy to do. But we have to come out of self, out of flesh, and go back to what God wants to work with, our spirit, and let our spirit take the control back from our flesh. And so God also said, um, and if thou... If you should go up, I'm sorry, and if you will make me an altar of stone, you should not build it of hewn stone. For if if you lift up your tool upon it, you have polluted it. And so look at how the, um, look at how the churches are. If you're really listening to what the Lord is saying in here, he's saying it's not that he doesn't want to be honored, but he understands that once man puts all his own little intricacies, gold and silver and jewel and and swells and everything to it, what happens is we're no longer looking at the structure the way it should be as a place for God to come and dwell. We turn it to this place is God instead of this is a place God comes. We turn it to this place is God. Look at the mega churches. People go because it's a mega church. And when they walk in, a lot of mega churches are so elaborate. And oh, look at the glass and look at the seats and look at the look at the screens and look at, you know, everything is the glory of the place and and they think that that's God, but they miss out that the glory of God is not there. So they replace the glory of God for the glory of just what they can see. And that is what saddens God because he's saying now, basically you've created this God, you've given my glory unto something else, and it's not to me. Verse 26, neither shall you go up by steps unto my altar, that your nakedness be not discovered thereon. And it says here, it says, an, um, an acceptable altar had to be made of earth or natural stone and without steps to prevent indecent exposure while climbing up to the altar. Because they all wore, they all wore robes. 
Everybody wore robes. That's what trips me out about, you know, the church today and how they say, you know, how women should dress and how men should dress. They all wore robes. So it's like, I don't, you know, anyway. Um, but the way the altar should have been made was so that when you climb the steps, no one should be able to see up under your robe. But look at how they've created the altars now. You know, um, the altar is high enough now where if you don't cover yourself with a scarf or with a, a, what they call it, sheet or whatever, it you can see up the dress of the minister she's wearing a skirt or whatever. And it's just like, who said that you needed to be that high up to speak to the people? So we've all we, we've 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 come away from everything that he's already said not to do, and so that is the um, the twentieth chapter of the Ten Commandments. Are there any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns? Okay. All right, so in the rest of Exodus, um, I'm just going to give you uh, to the highlights. Um, from what my, my study Bible says, it, it basically breaks down, like I was saying, it breaks down the Ten Commandments into more detail. Um, I mean, from everything in the um, everything in the um, in, in the Ten Commandments, it gives it, it broke it down into more detail so that um, so that there would be no misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. And so um, we'll be be doing the highlights of um, Exodus 21 through 24. But um, we will be going into detail next week um, because it, it just, like I said, just goes into detail about the commands of God. But what's real interesting is <clears throat> as long as Moses was up there getting the commands of God and the people knew that God was speaking, to Moses. Well, I'm going way forward. They still created a graven image while he was up there talking to God, knowing that 
God had an issue with David. It was just even before the Ten Commands were put up, there was uh, there was always uh, uh, um, it was handed down generation to generation that God had that He never wanted graven images. There was never graven images about Him that was man-made. But they were so used to having a graven image because they were in Egypt, and because Moses was quote unquote gone for so long up in the mountain talking to God and getting, you know, the information that God wanted him to give to the people, they got restless and decided to make a graven image anyway. And even though Aaron even knew about not making a graven image, he let them um, bully him into making this image of a cow for them to worship. And so now the question is, what God have you created in your life to put before God? What glory do you give to something else besides him? And if you can answer that honestly, God will show you and he will help you to take down all the high places that are in your life to do yourself above him. And help you to um to put him back where he belongs as head of your life. Amen. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, before we go any further, uh, I'll put out there again. Mom, I got a question. So, in this... Oh, hold on a second, please. Okay. Um, okay, so um, that is good. And it's mercy to follow. Um, So we're going to pray for, we're going to do prayers next, um, the Bible study portion of this call is, is over at this point. <clears throat> and um, we're just going to go into the prayers. 
right now. Okay. Oh, Lord. Honor belongs only unto you, Father God. Honor belongs only to you. And we thank you, Father, for another day. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. You said it is finished at the cross. Everything else now is us taking authority. Our God-given, Christ-given, Holy Ghost-given authority and using it and respecting it and understanding it. So above all, Father, first we come forgiving those who have done us wrong. We forgive those who have done us wrong in the past. Our parents, our mother, our fathers, uncle, aunt, those who chose to leave willingly, those who chose to abuse us willingly, those who chose to hurt us willingly and unknowingly. We forgive those who defined our moments where we have now been struggling with, even at this time, Lord. We forgive them. And wherever there is unforgiveness in our heart, Father, we ask that you go through. You can find those slivers. You can find those dark places within us that we don't know about that is harboring hurt and anger hatred, depression, because sometimes in our subconscious, things that we thought were, were, were dealt with or we no longer even think about, they're hidden under the subconscious of that. And there's a trigger somewhere in the near future or in the future that, that could have us go back. So, Lord, at this defining moment in time, we come and we ask that you will go through and touch every dark space within us, every shadow, every crack, crevice, and corner. Go through, oh Lord, and help us in forgiving those who did us wrong. Even if it was just something that was because we were sensitive and we harbor even uh, an irritation towards that. Lord, help us to forgive them. And as you help us to forgive them, we thank you for forgiving us all our trespasses, knowing and unknowing. But we thank you because you forgive us even when we don't know that we've done wrong. You forgive us even as we say, oops, I, oops, I did it again. Oops, Lord, I'm sorry. 
So we thank you for your forgiveness, oh God, as we get our forgiveness because we can't, how are we going to ask for forgiveness if we can't forgive our brother or our sister? And we'll use the words of Christ and say, forgive them because help us forgive them because they did not know what they were doing. It's not an excuse, but it's a revelation that we need to understand and hold on to because they did not know what they were doing. They did not understand the repercussions or the backlash or the effect it would have on us as we grew. And even in our adult life. So, Lord, we forgive them as you forgive us and forgave us on the cross through the sacrifice of your son. We come for those who are have lost loved ones. Oh, my God. This week has been, and then many have lost loved ones. At the end of the year, it just seems like more and more people, um, it's a year of ending. And so, Lord, we come and we pray for those who have lost loved ones and this week, up until this weekend, but we pray for those who have through violence, sickness, or even sudden death, oh God. And we pray for those loved ones, oh God, that that they find peace as they go through the process of um, arranging those things. Final rest of their loved ones, oh God, we comfort them to find peace and to reflect as they reflect on the lost loved one, that they find the happiness in their life, the joy that they had when they were there, help them to focus on the good memories. And if there weren't any good memories, help them focus on the, that because of them they were. That is the biggest joy. If they weren't, if it wasn't because of them, they wouldn't be here. They have to focus on. They have to focus on something. Oh Lord, instead of the pain of losing that loved one, and if they still harbored any hurt feelings or any anger or bitterness towards that person, would help them to go through the steps of forgiving them as they go through the process of arranging the funeral, oh God. So that as they lay that person to rest, they can lay to rest all the hurt, all the pain, and let it be done. Lord, we pray for those who are in hospice and that are sick and shut in. We pray for their we speak a healing that can only be manifested by you touching their body, O oh Lord. We stand in agreement with their prayers of faith that by the stripes of Yeshua they are healed. 
that by the stripes of Yahushua they are set free and delivered. There's no more pain. There's no more cancer. There's no more diabetes. The pancreas works. The function is normal. The sugar levels are normal. The blood pressure is normal. That means the arteries are open and the blood is flowing correctly. There's no more inflammation in the body. There's no more inflammation around the veins and the arteries and the blood vessels. There's no more inflammation around the joints and the muscles. There's no more inflammation in the system itself. We speak to the endocrine system where the lymph nodes. We speak to the lymphatic system where the thyroid is, where the liver is, the kidney. We speak to the system that houses the, the, the lungs and the heart. The glands, the metabolism, we speak to those things that are the foundation of the body, the bone structure. We reverse any osteoarthritis. We reverse any weakness of the bones. We speak right now to a reversal of the deterioration of any ligaments in the knees, in the joints. We speak that the the joints show. We see the 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 um the anointing of the Holy Spirit go in and revive the the elasticity of the joints. We speak to the migraines, we speak to the to the to the sinuses. Cavities, ear aches, the vision, Lord. Everything we take for granted. We reverse it by the power of the Holy Ghost given to us by the blood of Christ that He shed for us to be able to say, By His stripes we are healed. Anything that man can name Christ's name, Yeshua's name is above. Every name and by his stripes we are healed. Where our faith is wavering, where there is doubt, Lord, help us in our unbelief so that we can walk in belief that we are healed, set free and delivered. You are the great physician. You can go in better than any doctor and take out cancer and leave it with and rejuvenate and replace what needs to be replaced down to the marrow of the bone, oh God. We curse any bacteria, fungal, virus, parasite, man-made disease. We curse it at the root. Anything that has been planted and seeded inside of each of our bodies of every believer standing firmly on a miraculous healing. Again, from um, the uh, gluten, um, you know, allergies to cancer based on man-made 
things, oh God, you can go through with your Holy Ghost fire and burn it out of us. And we stand on that right now, oh God, that you have gone through and you have healed because by the strength of Yeshua HaMashiach, we are healed. We come for those who are addicted and those who are abused and those who are bound, bound physically or bound spiritually or mentally. Father, we come for them. And we pray for them right now that we can't touch everybody. But we can speak into the atmosphere that someone, a missionary, a minister, those who go out to the highways and the byways, we pray for them right now that they cross an an addict's path, that they cross an abused um, path, or one who is bound spiritually or mentally, Father, that the one who has been led to minister onto the street, that they speak to that person, give them hope, give them light, give them strength to hold on as they plant seeds in you water, oh God, and you give them the strength to look up to the eyes, look their eyes up to being healed. As the story told about Moses and the people who were sick, and all they had to do was lift up their eyes to the staff with the snake on it. That's all they had to do was lift up their eyes, help them not be stubborn, help them to do whatever you have led them to do to be healed. If it's lifting up their eyes, if if it's going to the doctor, if it's changing their eating habits, if it's where you're telling them to pray five times a day, whatever instruction you give them, help them to follow it. Help us all to follow it so that we can walk in the healing that you want to give us. Come for the ministers the apostles, the bishops, the evangelists, the street preacher, those who are you lead to go out to the highways and the byways, Lord. We ask that you continue to give them strength to speak the truth of your words to the people's ears. Help them to be like Christ and be able to move in and out of groups unharmed. We speak ahead to people. Because the hedge of protection is is reinforced. And Lord, we just thank you ahead of time that your word has gone forth to all the nations, even in the midst of persecution. There are those who have the strength to stand. We pray for the church, oh God, that your word will continue to be spoken in truth so that the truth will help us to be free, set free and delivered, oh God, set free and delivered. 
And so, Lord, we just come right now. Um, watch over and keep those who are willing to speak the truth of your word. Got five minutes. Tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And those that have called themselves to be ministers turn their hearts from being prophets, P-R-O-F-I-T, to prophets, P-R-O-P-H-E-T. Speaking to the ears of the people and letting them know what thus saith the Lord about the power of the tongue. And so we also come to those lists of um, fans, all three lists of people. Father, you know what each person is going through. You know what their circumstances and their issues are. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace and mercy upon them. Continue to keep them covered, oh, Lord. Continue to keep them covered. We cover the teachers. Lisa, Juanita, Arthur, and for those other unknown teachers who are yours, oh, God, who and go before the children each and every day, giving them you reflecting you as best as they can. Father, we thank you that you have given them the heart to show compassion and love in spite of the low income and low respect. Lord, just continue to strengthen them, strengthen their spirit, strengthen their heart so that they don't get weary and well-doing. We pray for a new legacy, foundations for advancement, and all of those independent schools and those who are homeschooling who are trying to show their children, trying to show the children a better way. That they are smart that they can learn, that they can be leaders and not followers, that they are more than just a number and a dollar sign. Lord, we just thank you for that. And then we issue our prayer. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody on the line who likes prayer? You can always pray for me. Excuse me. Who is this? Huh? Oh, Pam. (laughs) 
And you can pray for me after, Pam. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Good morning. Yes. Who's after, Pam? Huh? Yes. Look, I would say who's after, Pam? Erica. Who? Erica, isn't it? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little rough, but yeah. You got, you got a phone? Yes, ma'am. I'm at home in a bed. <clears throat> oh, poor baby. All right. All right, so Pam. All right, Pam. Pam, 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 Pam. So, see, now you're taking a page out of Sam's book. No, I'm not actually. You know what? Because every time, every time I hear your name, every time, I kid you not, um, the past couple of weeks, especially since he, you know, since you just said it made up on you. But it's happy to be like, do you remember the Flintstones? Oh, yeah, my favorite cartoon. Yeah. Remember the baby? Bam, bam? Uh-huh. That's what she had to start doing. You have to go and you have to start wrecking that wall down. You can't. It's not like you can take it down brick by brick. You have to go in and just go, bam, 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 bam. Like he would do, like not, because you don't know your own strength. And I kid you not, if you were to start burning your wall down, it wouldn't take as long as you think. That's how crucial it is for you to make your decision. That's why Sam said what he said the way he said it last night. Because that's how close you are to opening that screen door. All you have to do is go, bam, 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 and the whole wall will fall down. But as I started laughing, because I was like, that's funny. Bam, bam. So far, we come right now for. Pam, Lord, your son knows how hard it is to make decisions when it comes to going against your nature. Wow. Thank you for the revelation, God. We always look at, um, you know, the think about Christ. And we always say about him sweating the blood and praying and he's sweating blood. That's him going against his true nature. 
That's why he was such in distress. Because look at all the power he had to withhold. To do what he needed to do for us. The power he had to hold back and keep keep under wraps. Because with one spoken word, he could wipe out nations. He could wipe out that whole town with one spoken word. So he had to go against his own nature. Have them lay hands on me? Have them spit on me? Have them hit me? Have them nail me up on a cross? And I can't speak fire down on them? In spite of how I see in their hearts already? But in this reverse, it's the same thing for you, Pam. Your nature is to control. Your nature is to is to have to get all the details. You you've heard all this, and that's why you ache, and that's why you you know there's a pressing in your spirit when you try to do all the stuff that Sam has been instructing you to do. It's a press. But the thing is, understand the power that you are holding back. The power that he wants to release through you. And you're suppressing that. Because you don't want to go against your nature. But God is like, if you let your nature can combine with mine, the awesomeness myself will reflect through you. So, woman of God, you have to pledge to yourself. If you want to define yourself the way God sees you, you need to start believing that he sees you better and bigger. Not what you see, but what he sees. In Yeshua's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Miss Erica. Before you pray for Erica. Before you pray for Erica, let me ask her a question. Hey, Erica, do you have any uh, fresh garlic at your house? I do. Okay. Tonight, before you go to bed, take a clove or two, depending on the size, peel it, and then mince it, put it on a spoon, and swallow it with some water. Don't You don't chew it. 
Just just swallow it like you would a pill. I'm supposed to survive after that. The first couple of times that you do it, it trust me, it's almost like gag reflex. Um, but garlic is a um, is a natural like antibiotic, uh-huh. and it will um, not only does it clean your digestive tract, but it helps to clean up like um, clear up infections and and all of that stuff. I take it. Um, well, I used to do it like every night. I've gotten off of it, but um, if my throat starts to bother me, I'll do that. No problem. Um, keeps me from getting congested the whole nine yards. Okay. Yeah. And while she praying for me, you pray that I'm able to swallow that, okay? <laughs> you probably going to have to do it, like, you know, like a couple of nights, and, and they say to do it at night because it, it cleans you, um, your digestive system, and it works on your body, like, while you're sleeping. Okay. And then, and then when you get up in the morning, um, have, like, a glass of water, and then wait like 30 to 45 minutes before you um, eat it, which we're supposed to do every day anyway because it, it, gives, it flushes our body and, and um, gives it a chance to, to start to rehydrate and get ready for the day. So you say I do what? 30, I drink a glass of water when? In the morning, when you wake up in the morning. Oh, okay. Before, before you eat. Okay. And then wait like 30, 45 minutes. Girl, you talking about me going waking up with halitosis? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she said halitosis, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just, done. <laughs> but I sure will. Yep. So you may have to do it, for, you know, like for a couple of nights, um, because your body would be, you know, will be new to this, but. Um, if you can, it's not even a bad thing to to make like a habit. Even if you just did it like three or four nights a week, it it definitely makes a difference. Okay. Amen, God. <laughs> She's like oh, garlic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, love, I mean, I love garlic. You know, if it's cooked. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know, I'm laughing at you. I understand because I remember reading about it, and I was like, mm, I don't know about all that. But um, but I gave it a try. Like I said, you know, the first couple of, you know, I it probably like the first week or so, it was like, ooh, this is rough. But, you know, for me, I just I can't beat the results. Okay. So it's like, it's like taking, you know, like Father John when you, when you were a kid or cod liver oil or whatever, you know, it's like, I don't like that stuff going down, but it does do what it's supposed to do. Girl, I didn't do that as a kid because I couldn't swallow it. (laughs) (laughs) We never had to take cod liver oil, but we did used to have to take Father John's. Yeah, it it had cod liver oil in it. Oh, okay. Then I guess we did it then. I didn't know what was in I just knew it was nasty. Yeah. I used to have to take Scott's emulsion, and the smell of it made me gag. So, <laughs> yeah. I had issues as a child, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
<laughs> I think it. I think it spread it throughout adulthood too. So that's why I say pray for me. Hey, I I I, I understand. I understand. But you can do it. You can do it, Erica. I'm okay. If it made me feel better, I'm gonna do it. If I pass out in my floor, I will let you know about it when I come to. Girl, I I cut up when it comes to stuff that's nasty. <laughs> well, that's why she said, "Don't chew it, just swallow." <laughs> Don't, Don't remember it. that part. Don't chew it. You just knock it back with the water. Yep, it's like, 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 you, like you're taking a pill. I got you. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm only going to try one clove because that two ain't going to pop off on my first go. <laughs> and, I mean, and you know what? And that's, that's fine. I mean, because sometimes I still only do one clove. Um, so that is not a problem. And because you're not chewing it, it won't, um, it won't emanate from your skin. Oh, okay. Well, that might, okay. That might help, though. Yeah, so you I do it before I brush my teeth at night. Okay. And then you know, um, I don't know if you brush your tongue or not when you when you uh, brush your teeth, but you want to guy. I have to. Okay. Uh, well, you know, not everyone does though. Um, so That's yeah, why so everybody me- got bad mouth, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I cut out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my Jesus. That's funny. And actually at night when I brush my teeth I use baking soda. Okay. Because it eliminates odors. And so I notice the difference in the morning with the morning breath. Oh, okay. So, and then I done because I like I like raw onions. Actually, that's the only way I like onions, to be quite honest. Um, and so, a burger without raw onions is just not a whole burger to me. But um, you know, like you take mint, so you brush your teeth, and you you still have like um, like uh-huh. mint flavored onions. And so, right. one time um, when I was at home and I had the burger, and then afterwards I was like, you know what, I'm a brush my teeth with, with the baking soda, and I brush my tongue with it as well. And, like, within 30 minutes, I couldn't taste the onions anymore. Okay. All right. <clears throat> yep, so those are my health tips for the day. Okay, much appreciative. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Um, okay. All right, Lord. Um, before I pray for you, Miss Erica, I want to give the have have uh, encouraging words that I haven't shared in a while. I'm going to share them today. Um, these. I first from the birds, and it says, um, listen, my people, listen. I am shouting from the rooftops. This is a season of great joy, and great joy I will release to you, which will bring strength, a victory, and power within you. 
I know what is coming, and I know the outcome of everything. Receive that which I am doing right now. Let me deposit my joy in your heart, and despair will go. Come into your rightful position of allowing me to lead you into all joy, says the Lord. And then um, Mrs. Burns says, set yourself apart during these busy days to rest and to be grateful. Gratitude is a strengthening spiritual force that is vital to your well-being. Don't forget who you are in me or your purpose and destiny. Take the time to regroup and settle yourself in peace and quiet as you reconnect reconnect with me, says the Lord. And she references Job 22 and 21. It says, now acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. Thereby good will come to you. So we, um, we have to remember, you know, that it's not us ourselves that, you know, that we're dealing with is God. And if we reacquaint ourselves with God, he will show us peace and he will show us um, exactly where we need to be and how we need to be. And I have one more. Um, I think. (laughs) Okay. Um, this is from a site called Daughters of the King, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if you guys have this devotional um, or not, but um, the, the title today is "You Are Redeemed," and. She in the reference first Peter one eighteen through nineteen. And she says, To be redeemed by God means you once belonged to the devil, but now you are purchased back to God through the precious blood of Yeshua. It means you no longer belong to Satan's camp, forced to be a slave. You now belong to God, and you are free from all bondage and captivity. However, when you don't understand what it means to be redeemed, you will think God's rich promises don't apply to you. When you don't understand what it means to be redeemed, you will think you'll always struggle with that sin problem, and there's no hope. When you don't understand what it means to be redeemed, you will feel like you will never change, like you will never win and will never overcome. But the Bible richly declares 
we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. See Colossians 1.13. To be translated is to be carried away once and for all, never to return. You are in God's camp now, and there is nothing the devil can do about it. He can't pull you back in. He can't pluck you out of God's hand. He has lost all rights and privileges to dominate over your life. Understand what it means to be redeemed, and you will receive power like you've never experienced before. It will give you boldness as a believer because any time the devil raises his ugly head in your life, you'll know you don't belong to him and he has no right to you anymore. You are in God's kingdom now, and what a blessing it is. And so we have to remember uh, uh, through the face of our defining moment, that is definitely something to remember, that we are redeemed. We are no longer who we once were. Erica? Okay. Mm -hmm. You are no longer that little girl. You are no longer that little girl. So, who on that, pull on that, pull on that, because you are no longer that little girl. And the thing is, you, you, we were talking about triggers. I don't, you know, you know, there's triggers, and sometimes things are said or done that makes us go back to that thought process. Um. And so you no longer need to wonder why. Don't let the enemy bring you back to why. Why did it have to be that way? Why did he act this way? Why did she? Why was she this way? You know. You know. There's no longer a reason to ask why. My sister said something that God had revealed to her a long time ago. She said, "There's a reason why." The fathers weren't there. That's my father. That's your father. That's my kid's father's. And she said, God told her, because if they were there, would you be the person that you are now? And I sat back after the and and that he brought that back to my remembrance after I talked to my dad about the unconditional love thing, and the answer would have been no. 
I wouldn't be how I am now if he had been there the whole time. Unfortunately, because of the way God structured the family to be, but because based on the personality and the issues and circumstances that they were dealing with, it would have made you have a defining moment that would have changed who and how you are today. And God needed you to be how you are today. And the same thing with your daughters. I mean, I I look at my kids and I say, well, what if, what if? And that defining moment, like what if they were here? My daughter probably would have been a mother by now. I would have been devastated. My son would not be respectful right now. I would be irritated. So, probably come right now for first for Erica's football team. Not only do they look to her, not only are they your support system, but you are <laughs> okay, so I uh okay, so I uh, I don't know if you ever watched um oh what is the name of that show, Lord? Um about Tyler Perry. Um, no, the the first one, the first show that he bought out. Um, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Was the House of Pain? Yes, the House of Pain. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so um. There is an episode of The House of Pain where the family went to see a psychologist. I don't know if you ever saw that episode or not. Uh-uh. Okay, so there was an episode where they were all going to see the psychologist as the family counselor because the, the kids were cutting up and the son was dealing with the whole thing about his wife being on drugs and all this other stuff. And so, um, Ella, the doctor wanted to have a one-on-one with everybody. And Ella was like, she said, um, some of the things that she was saying, you know, the doctor was like, so... She said, I'm the glue that holds, she she said, I'm the glue that holds the whole, you know, holds the family together. 
And so by the time the doctor asked all these different questions and stuff, she said, so basically you say, I'm Tate. I'm not even Tate. And so it made it made the husband so mad with the psychologist. He said, you went from having my, daughter, my, my wife know that she's the glue that holds the family together. You demoted her to Tate. Well, it's the reverse for you. Oh. Oh. Because the thing is, you think that you think that you know you you kind of think that you're just that person that you know you put out the little fires and stuff, but you don't see that underneath all that you do, you're pretty much the glue spiritually. And it's not, and it's not being said for you to think that it's it's not that you're responsible to be the glue, but it just happens to be that way. It just happens to be that way. The outcome, so it's like now. But because you're the glue, you're 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 you've done your job. You you don't have to. It's not Elmer's glue. It's that. It's that. Um, what's that other glue? Um, that 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 forever glue. I forget the name of it. It's on top of my tongue. It'll come to me. And it's like now that it's stuck, they're stuck. And it, they can't let it go. Everything that you taught them, it's already stuck in their spirit. Every example that you have shown them is already stuck in their spirit. They couldn't get away from it if they tried. So, Mommy, you've done your work. Friends, you've done your work. Daughter, you almost finished the work. You still waiting for you to finish that one. Sister, I almost finished the work. <clears throat> Because understand, once you've done it, it's done. It's stuck. There's, there's, there's no way that they can deny it. No way. So, Lord, we come right now for Erica and her football team and all that you have given to them by association, by her prayers, by them watching her example. Lord, continue to keep them and strengthen them and guard them up and guard Erica up right now as she deals with. We speak to that infection in her body, burn it off, let it be released through her system as she eliminates the next two days. Let it be eliminated, Lord. Let the congestion go information of the nasal cavities that it be released and her be able to breathe easy and speak to those things. That bacteria that's in her body and a virus that's trying to attach itself. We're it off right now in the name of Yeshua. We pray. And Lord, we just pray right now for her continued spiritual strength. Give her the fortitude that she needs 
to do what you have called her to do. Help her to walk accordingly. Don't miss, don't miss the window of opportunity, Erica. Don't miss the window of opportunity because here's the thing. They have a movie coming out. I want to go see. I think it's called Full Figures. It's about the black women in NASA. Uh-huh. Right. Don't miscalculate your window of opportunity. He's already told you. <clears throat> He's already told you. And you don't want to end up with the will of Kinnashina. And we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for her, through her, and in the name of your we pray. Amen. Amen. And we pray for Sam and Morgan and his mom and dad in seven degrees of separation. We pray for all of the other PSM family. <clears throat> Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this line. We thank you for the ability to have this moment where two or three are gathered in your name where we know, Father, that you're in the midst. We thank you for your presence right now. We thank you for your listening right now. We thank you for your loving on us right now. We appreciate you. We give thanks for the roof over our head. We thank you for the water, the food, the clothes, the car, the bus, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the tongue the touch, that last breath that we took. The first breath that we took this morning when we woke up. We thank you for the bills that we're able to pay and those that we're not able to pay. We thank you for the ability to be able to look for work. We thank you for the job that's coming. We thank you for the the heart of entrepreneurship that you have given us and the guideline that you want us to go by. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your joy. I finally get a happiness of bleeding, but joy is permanent because nobody can take away our joy. We thank you for good health. We thank you for provision. We thank you for the man of God that was 
that shows us obedience. We thank you for showing us what obedience is to your son. We thank you for showing us the result of obedience as we attempt to walk in obedience to your will and to your way each and every day. We thank you for our parents in spite of issues and circumstances, in spite of past hurts, trials, and tribulations. We give them honor where honor is due. We thank you for our children, natural born and spirit born. We thank you for friends and family. And right now we speak the blood of Yeshua upon the doorpost of our eyes, our ears. We put the blood of Yeshua upon the doorpost of our heart. And we spiritually put the doorpost, this blood, the blood of Yeshua over our doorpost of our home. And we speak against any unnatural deaths, any sudden deaths, any unnecessary illnesses, diseases, or plagues that come against the world, the nation our next-door neighbor. We seek that a 1,000 shall fall on our, our, our side and 10,000 10, at our right hand, but none shall come near where we dwell. Father, the enemy may come to you and you may point us out, but Lord, we know that you will show us how to walk around any temptation, any attack of the enemy that comes against us. Help us to see what Job didn't see. Help us to do what Job didn't do, and that's come back to you and ask you what to do. But you have also given us authority. Help us to walk in our authority to come and pull up the word of God to combat anything that the enemy comes at us with. So that we can show you and the enemy how strong we know you are in our lives. Because greater is you who is in us than he that is in the world. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are strength and our redeemer. In the name of you, shall we come. Amen. 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 All right. Well, ladies and whoever else is on the call, that is the end of our Bible study for today. I thank you for calling in and listening. All right, all right. Yeah, I have a blessed day. Okay. Amen. All right. Amen. Talk to y'all tomorrow. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.